Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have musician Bob Log III. Log is known for his motorcycle helmet jumpsuit stage costume, as well as his wild, bluesy guitar playing and one man band show. He has toured the world and is coming to Providence. He will be at a on May 26th. Just a note, if you're easily offended by off-color language, consider yourself warned. Yeah, that's it. 
Hello, this is Bob Log. How's it going, man? All right, are you free to talk? Yes, I can talk. I'm not responsible for what I say. That's okay. It'll make it the more interesting of a conversation because I kind of expecting interesting conversation. They won't let me in my goddamn hotel in Charleston. I barely slept in Atlanta, so I'm just waiting for a room to be cleaned, apparently. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. These things happen. It's part of my job. I got a crazy job, John. My you job do. is crazy. You yeah. do. You're driving. You're driving and heading all over the world all the time. I, I do it about half the year. I'm, I'm like I'm insane all over the place with an inflatable duck in the car kind of person. And then the other half of the year, I can be so incredibly boring. <laughs> Somehow I don't find you that you would be a boring person. You must be an interesting person. But, you know, you're you're kind of an enigma because you live under the helmet and then, and nobody really knows who you are. Well, it's, pretty, it's not that hard to figure out which one I am. Um, usually I'm the only person in the room nobody knows. And then uh, I'm the one that has to set up all my shit because basically nobody else knows what the hell I'm doing. So I have to do everything myself. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then I sell my own T-shirts. It's pretty easy to figure out which one I am. Oh, so you're not you're not you're not like Kiss used to be and keep your identity a secret. Um, I do the best I can, but when Kiss did this, we didn't all have smartphones in our pockets. True. I yeah, haven't seen a picture of your face though. That's that's the one thing I've never seen a picture of your face. There's all kinds of pictures of my face out there. I try to, if I can, cover up half of it because yeah, I'm still hiding from some people. <laughs> but um, there's there's tons of pictures of my face out there if you want to find out. I, I I didn't have the um same uh skills as kiss did to hide my identity completely i bet kiss couldn't have done it either if they were they were doing this shit in the day as a smartphone smartphones changed everything in a lot of ways some for the better but yeah i did a long time ago have a song called boob scotch and people would put their boob in their in my drink and pass around the room and everyone would do it guys and girls but a lot of people stopped doing that once we got smartphones because it's like oh shit my boss is going to see this tomorrow morning <laughs> It, it just changed the way people approach rock shows. They're like, oh, I could do this here. No one's going to know. It's like, shit, if I do this here, everyone's going to know tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I, I've seen that song, and I know that song well. And then there's still people that will do it anyway. They don't give a shit, bro. They just got fired the day before. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious how this whole persona became, how you became who you are. Well, um... I, all I really ever wanted to do was play guitar and have as much fun as possible. Um, not since I was 11 years old. I'm like, shit, this is what I want to do. I want to play guitar. So I started playing guitar, and I never put it down. I've just played every day. So everything I do starts with guitar. Everything after that is just to make the guitar more fun. That's the simplest and most honest explanation of everything I do. The guitar part comes first. I go, wow, that's fun to play. How do I make it more fun? And that's the answer to every other question you're going to ask. <laughs> but um, really, it's it's all about, it's just rock and roll, man. You know, Chuck Berry can play Maybelline, and it sounds great, but then he does the duck walk, and everyone goes, wah! So everything else I do is just, like, basically my own version of the duck walk. The helmet, people sitting on me, stomping on balloons, drinking champagne out of Prosecco, out of a inflatable duck, all the other, everything else is just the duck walk, it, the guitar. Where did this whole, more fun. where did the whole idea for this thing come up with, the, I mean, the especially the the helmet and the telephone microphone i mean that's uh all right well so i was in a two-man band called do 
uh, for quite some time. I guess this was back in the 90s. It was me and a percussionist, Thermos, who played cardboard boxes and bucket. And I was playing slide guitar and singing into a telephone on a stick, basically, or it was in a vacuum cleaner. We had various different forms of the microphone, <laughs> but it was always a telephone. And the answer to that is, well, two things. First of all, telephones old payphones is what we would use they were free for one thing i could just go up to a payphone with some scissors and bam i had a new microphone and then eventually they switched to those those metal cables on payphones i kind of feel partially responsible for that um i mean i didn't take hundreds of payphones i you only need one microphone at a time but i i did take a few then they made them so you couldn't unscrew the um housing for the speaker or the earpiece um it was all one molded piece of plastic I don't know if I had anything to do with that, but they, they definitely changed it so payphones were much more difficult to come by. So we were touring with Ween, my drummer, who's an amazing drummer, but like all the best drummers, is maybe a little bit nuts. Mid-tour, just decided he wanted to go home. And this had happened a few times. First two times, I just went home too, but this time I was like, I don't want to go home. We're opening for Ween. This is a fucking blast. I had a show. We were in Lawrence, Kansas, and I just bought the helmet the day before for my trike. I have a three-wheeled motorcycle trike mm-hmm. so i had this helmet and all of a sudden i had no drummer and so i had a choice i was either going to drive home or drive to this show in chicago and open for ween and so i called mickey from ween and i said hey mickey thermos just flew home but i'll come to the show tonight and i'm just looking around my car and i said i'll, I'll kick my guitar case with the helmet on my head and he just went okay <laughs> And then I had eight hours to figure it out. So I'm driving to Chicago, thinking in my head how to play. Uh, I already knew how to play and sing, but I didn't know how to drum yet. So I would pull over, put my guitar case down, and stomp on it and try and play something. Go, That'll work. And I'd drive a little further, and I'd have another idea. Pull over and go, nope, can't do that yet. <laughs> and I figured it out on the way to the show. I, I really think that, um, what do you call it? Panic. Panic is the mother of invention, possibly. <laughs> um, it's, it's how we made the atomic bomb, you know. It's like, holy shit, we're going to get bombed by Germany if we don't do this right now. So it was kind of the same kind of panic, I suppose, invention. And the same thing is like when a mom lifts the bus off the baby. Mm. That's the kind of thought process that went on here when I had eight hours till showtime and had never done this before. And so that, then I played in, in Chicago, and um, I will keep this as clean as possible. It was a success. <laughs> you can say it whatever you want. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's all right. I'll just I'll just say I played I played after eight hours of thinking of how to do it and it went off. It went totally nuts. And so I was like, damn, I want to do that tomorrow. And Ween was like, Will you do that tomorrow? And I was like, Hell yeah. So then I finished the tour just playing by myself and every day it got a little bit more involved and I figured out a cymbal thing and I figured out how to use the drum machine a little bit. But now it's it's evolved quite a bit since then i've got five things i do with my feet there's a real kick drum a real cymbal there's a triggered hand clap sound and a triggered super kick sound and then i step um start stop um two different drum beats so what i'm trying to sound like is two drummers that hate each other they're they're they're, they're sort of synced up but lots of times they're not there's, there's a problem with my drummer and then i finger pick um my guitar on top of that and my guitar is acoustic and electric at the same time. So you hear a little bit of acoustic, you hear a little bit of electric, and I'm finger-picking to try and sound like two guitar players. And they do get along as two guitar players get along. Drummers are fighting, and then I get to finger-pick on top of that. I'm drumming with absolutely no hands. So I don't know if you know Def Leppard, the one-armed drummer they got. I'm one arm less than him. And then I'm playing guitar at the same time. And uh, so I'm playing drums differently than everybody. I'm trying to play... I thought I played guitar differently than any one had ever played guitar differently then i found out one day that was all just banjo tricks 
it kind of felt like I got kicked in the nuts. I'm like, holy shit, I'm just a banjo player. <laughs> <laughs> but then I embraced it because I realized how much cool shit comes from the banjo. It really is something that has never been fully appreciated, I think, for, for how much it's done for rock and roll. I mean, you look at Keith Richards or Jimmy Page, all that comes from banjo. Jimi Hendrix, that is not banjo. <laughs> but, but banjo is the root of all percussive sort of guitar playing, because what's a banjo but a guitar neck stuck on a drum head? So that's how I approach my guitar playing. It's like a, it's, it's, it's almost another drum. But do you play but, the banjo? Um, yes, yeah, so I do. I do have banjos. I'm not touring with one at the moment. But there are a couple banjo songs on my last few records to show that I've I've embraced my um, ball kicked in them by finding out I secretly was a banjo player this whole time. I just didn't know I was doing banjo tricks. It wasn't until this guy showed me. He's like, here, try, try this thing. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happens. Still play guitar like a banjo. That's that's sort of my style. It's sort of a claw hammer kind of thing. Although, you know, some, some people are real purists about this kind of stuff, and I'm not. So they'll, they'll be like, well, you're playing the banjo, but you're doing it wrong. I'm like, well, it's getting to the point I'm trying to make, isn't it? What's <laughs> so your own style? My own finger pick style, I guess, that banjo guys get upset about and guitar guys can't seem to do.
<laughs> okay, so how did the helm? How did the phone wind up in the helmet, though? That's what I'm curious about. Well, I was already singing in the phone, and I just bought the helmet the day before, and I was driving to Chicago, and I just duct taped it in there. But um, but then what happened was, so I had my bubble mask. I didn't have a way to cut through it, so I used a soldering iron to just sort of burn a hole through it, and I approximated the size of the phone, and it got in there that way. Um, within a couple of days of me first starting to do this. But originally, the very first show was just taped, duct taped in there. Then I, I had an amazing discovery. It was this. Um, to, to drill a hole in a door, to put in a doorknob, mm-hmm. is this specific drill bit the same exact size as a telephone. If you unscrew it, it is like they were, like doorknob dude and phone dude must have been roommates. <laughs> And so I bought, I've got another bubble mask, got this doorknob drill bit, and just, it almost doesn't even need glue, but I glue it anyway because I sweat a lot and things get messy and I need to be able to take it apart, clean it. So yeah, the probably like three or four days into the wean tour, I figured out that doorknob size holes are uh, the same as, as telephone holes, which was fantastic. And, and so, where, did yeah. the, where did the suit come from? First time I got a suit, I won a <laughs> bunch of money in Las Vegas. I won like 500 bucks on a slot machine. I don't even, it was my dad's wedding. <laughs> and I don't even, I don't even play, I don't even gamble. That's not my thing. I won 500 bucks, so I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go get an Elvis suit. And um, <laughs> I ran out to the shop. And there were like Elvis suits of fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like, shit, where's the Barry Manilow suit? <laughs> and so they had this other kind of suit that was it was just a little too small. So every time I'd stand up and raise my arm up above my head, it would sort of squeeze my balls up into my neck. <laughs> so so then I went to this lady in Tucson who makes she's a ballerina dance suit making lady. <laughs> and I showed her the suit I got and I'm like, Look, um, can you make this suit but slightly bigger? Um, so that I can fit it to it right. And she's like Yes, I can do that. Um, are are you an ice skater? And I just said, yes, yes, I'm an ice skater. And so she thought I was an ice skater for about three years till she saw a picture of me in the newspaper and was like, I've made that suit. <laughs> he is not ice skating. <laughs> and so um, since then, I've had a lot of people, different people make me suits. Sometimes people just show up with one unasked for, and I'll wear that till it doesn't work anymore. But I've got, I've got my little array of suits that I prefer. I keep them as clean as I possibly can. <laughs> I was watching a video of you with a woman on your knee, and I was just like, "Yeah, there's going to be a wet spot there." Um, you you'd be surprised. There's been all kinds of spots on me. Um, I swear to God, one guy in France actually took took a shit. Um, right. Oh, hold on one second. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just doing an interview, and I'll come right over. Thank you so much. So yeah, this guy in France actually took a shit while he was sitting on my leg. Um, I, I, I don't I, – in, in a way, that's totally disgusting. But it also, I'm, I'm like, I'm actually kind of impressed that, <laughs> that, that he could pull that off. You know, um, yeah. So then – so this is how crazy my life is. I forgot it happened, right? So the next day, I put my suit on. As soon as it started to get warm, I was like, oh, man, I forgot to clean the suit. Like, oh, that was terrible. That was a while ago, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, so it's not just girls that sit on me, guys sit on me, everybody sits on me now. Um, the whole crowd just takes turns. The point is now is you, you get up, because we're also making toast while I play, because I like the smell of toast. It makes my guitar playing better. So everyone's cooking this entire loaf of toast. And then at the end of the night, everybody takes turns with their camera, their selfie. They come up, sit on my knee with a piece of toast in their mouth, and take a selfie of both of us together. And then um, we move on from there to the next crazy thing that happens. 
<laughs> so you crowd surf in a, a raft? Uh, a rubber dinghy, yeah. Rubber dinghy. It's called a raft, but rubber dinghy is so much more fun. Um, <laughs> so I, I haven't been crowd surfing so much lately. The room's got to be perfect for crowd surfing. Uh, the conditions have to be right. Like I'm not jumping off a cliff in my hang glider if there's no wind to catch my drift. <laughs> yeah. So because there, there was one tour where... I boated when I shouldn't have boated. I dinghied when I shouldn't have dinghied, and I got dropped. <laughs> and then what happened was I like I had to cancel some of the tour. If I turned my head real quick, I almost passed out, and that's some, not something you want when you're driving in Italy. So I canceled the tour, went home, and I don't ever really go see doctors. So I went to this doctor. I don't even fucking know. And he's like, he's like so tell me what happened. <laughs> I'm like, well, I was playing guitar on top of people in a boat, and they dropped me, and I fell down. And this guy doesn't even know me, right? And he's like, well, I got one question for you. Do you want to play guitar or do you want to ride in a boat? And I'm like, God damn it, I hate your logic. But he was right. And so if the if the conditions aren't right, I'm not getting in the boat because I need to play guitar tomorrow. Um, but if the conditions are right, I will be on top. <laughs> and it also comes in real handy if you need a nap at a festival. I did that once. I went to this festival in Belgium, got there early, inflated my boat, took a nap. Then when it was time for me to play, it was early afternoon. There was no way I was boating this crowd. So I just played the show without the boat, deflated and left. So those people at the festival just thought he travels with the boat to take a nap in. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the deal with the with the duck? Well, the duck is my tour manager. Um, there has been many different things I would have people drink Prosecco out of, but once I've discovered helpful this inflatable duck doodle is, I've been touring with an inflatable duck as long as I can get them and people don't steal them, which happens a lot. But um, I'd make the crowd promise after the first song not to steal my duck, and so far it's mostly worked, although this girl in Asheville did try and run off with it, but I chased her down the street and got it back. <laughs> And the duck normally does not have crabby eyebrows, but after day two of tour, the eyebrows on the duck get crabby. Because that's the tour manager's job, and I don't always do what my tour manager says, and also everybody gets to drink Prosecco out of her every night, so she's, she's a little pissed about the situation. But, you know, I keep her clean. I keep her clean. My girlfriend hates it when I take a shower with the duck. Before I <laughs> that right now. It's cleaning the duck again. Speaking of which, I need to do that today. <laughs> so I read, I read that it says if you get offended, then get out when you talk about your shows because your shows are kind of out there and you have boob scotch and, and you had clap your tits and you actually, during, yeah. during that song, when you recorded it, you actually had girls banging their tit for the song. Yeah, um, okay, so I had that idea. I, I was like, well, we clap our hands. Why not? Let's take it up a notch. <laughs> I was in the studio. A nice girl came in and did it. We were great. But the um, the guy who was recording me was like, Bob, that worked so well. We needed to get this in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> then we had another girl come in, and she wasn't quite as fun. And Jim's like, well, what about Quad? I'm like, Jim, shut up. She's enough now. She's enough. You can hear the one girl having the time of her life doing it, though. She was fucking hilarious and she came and did it live but it's also guys that clap their tits together i had a dude in a wheelchair in new orleans get lifted on the stage and he clapped his tits together um all this stuff i'm doing it's totally harmless there's no like mean sexual connotations it's like i'm just trying to take something ridiculous and make it more ridiculous people that do get upset about it they say oh the girls sit under her or a girl puts his boob in a scotch they're the first to laugh when a dude does it. <laughs> and to me, it doesn't matter. I don't see guys or girls. I can barely see it all when I'm playing. I just, either something's in my drink or it's not, or someone's sitting on me or it's not. Um, doesn't matter, guy or girl, in my world. I mean, as far as sitting on me and clapping their tits together. 
But honestly, nobody does that shit anymore since cell phones got invented. It just ain't happening. <laughs> That's a shame. Although I should not say never, because you never know. You never know. That was the first song. The first song I saw of yours was Boob Scotch. A friend of mine told me about you. It's very strange how I learned about you. I... I taken a couple of photographs of so I, i'm a musician and my a lot of my friends are musicians and we were doing a show and i took some like quick photos of somebody and the microphone was in their face and they just said we look like bob log and i kept saying who the hell's bob log and they they showed me your site I mean, you must have just started doing it about then because that was quite a long time ago and about uh, 1996 when i started yeah it was um, probably around that time and and it was just i saw this and i was like i can't believe this this is so bizarre this is so cool it's all about it having as much fun as you can with the guitar. Oh, it's and, definitely um, fun. I mean, it, it's a. I mean, just watching it is a blast. I mean, it's just you're. You know, you've got that arch top, that uh, old silvertone arch top, and you're playing the slide, and and you're just having a blast. And it's just like people are really digging what you're doing. But it's um like I said, it starts with how much fun can you have on a guitar, and then I build it from there. But the the best thing for me, I mean, there's lots of best things, but. Like if I play a city and then the next time I come back, somebody said, I saw your show and I couldn't help it. I'm, I'm a one man band now. I had to try it. I'm playing guitar and doing this and this and this. I'm like, great. You're my open band. Come on, let's go. Really? That's um, cool. If, if I inspire somebody <laughs> to try it, that's like the best compliment that I can receive, I think. Because it is. It is so ridiculously fun. Here's where the difference is between one man bands and four man bands or two man bands. is when When you're a one man band, you are the complete master of time. There is no wrong answer to how much you can rubber band the beat, like make it speed up, slow down, change, stop, stop too long, stop too short. You, you can do anything to time that you want to do. And music is just loud time, loud math. You know, we're just we're playing with numbers here just very loudly. <laughs> but when you are the complete master of time, it's just the best feeling in the world. I can, because all day long, John, you know, I gotta, I gotta be in Charleston by 5.30. I gotta wake up at six so I can get to Atlanta by this time. And then sound checks at six. All day long, I am time's bitch. I gotta do exactly what time's telling me to do all the time during the day. But then for about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half at night, tables have turned. I can do anything I want at time. I can shove cake in its mouth. I can slap it around. <laughs> I can try and give it a grilled cheese sandwich and take it right back. <laughs> I, I completely turn the tables and now I'm in charge of time. And that's what is, I think, the most addicting and fun thing about being a one man band, as opposed to look at us four dudes all hanging on to the same clock here, trying to make this song sound the same with each other. Whereas I approach music like, how can I make somebody who's trying to dance to this fall open? <laughs> And you're, you're untethered now, so you can wander about the crowd or jump on top of things while you're playing. Yeah, I mean, I've got so many, like when I'm on my stools, there's there's all these sounds I can make. So if I get up and leave the stool, I'm leaving half of my drum kit behind. But I, I do um, don't you, I do get up and go places. Yeah. Don't you run a, a drum machine when that happens, though? Doesn't the drum machine keep playing? Yeah, so I'll put in a beat. My drum machines don't have songs in them. It's just do do da that's it. And I turn it on. Do da 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 do da da do da 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 do da and and turn it off. And then there'll be another drum machine that goes boom ka. And then you can sync them up. So one's going do da 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 do da da boom ka boom ka. And they're like they're going together. If I step on it slightly wrong, then they're that's when the fight fighting starts. The fighting drummers that hate each other. So if you make that beat a little bit wrong, which all other bands are trying to avoid. <laughs> 
it's it's the in between the beats is where the fun happened, and I'm constantly exploring that area. Now the tag on your website says one man band guitar party dance mess. Correct. That seems like it sums you up. It sums me up in a lot of ways. There's there's um I mean it's a simplified version, but you know when we're talking about music, we can talk to her blue in the face about my guitar playing or this or that. No one's gonna know what it sounds like until they hear it. Right. That's why you gotta talk about. That's why it's easy to talk about the helmet or boot scotch or clap the kits or a inflatable duck. We need things we can talk about that are actual physical things that people can picture in their heads because. We, we can't explain how the song sounds until you actually hear the song. It's just it's just like you can't explain a painting unless you see it. You know, it's never going to work. Well, I saw but it described about, as blues punk. That's yeah. what I saw. It. I mean, it's 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 blue. I mean, it's it's very heavy on the blues and slide and, you know, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek. and I call it rock and roll, man. I mean, what the hell was Little Richard doing? You know, it's, it's kind of being funny with blues music turned up to 11. I, I don't see that much difference in it. And I'm not against punk at all, but when I was growing up, it was like, man, these guys just can't play guitar. <laughs> With very few exceptions. Um, I did like the Toy Dolls, all of my friends that like punk music. I love the Toy Dolls because that fucker could play. Yeah, just rock and roll. You take the blues, you turn it up and make it more fun than it. Then it, it's not songs about sadness in any way. In fact, quite the opposite. But that's what rock and roll did right at the beginning. That's what it always was to me. It's just turned up the blues and make it a lot more fun. I mean, I'm I'm in no way a blues man. I don't, you know, I didn't grow up doing anything that Miss Fred Mississippi Fred McDowell would have done. Or, you know, I rode my bike to go play pinball. <laughs> That's where my musical um, influence comes from. <laughs> Rock and roll is taking, I mean, it's the core, the idea of the blues, and then just turning it up to a ridiculous um, level of fun and excitement. And I feel like I've done my job correctly. If at the end of the night, not just the stage, but the floor, the dance floor, is just totally wet from spilled drinks, right? There's a puddle. It's just a puddle of people, because they spill the drinks when they're trying to dance to my music. It's just part of it. You can't help it. And then what is the icing on the cake. If I know I did my job right, there will be one shoe, not two shoes, <laughs> one shoe in the middle of that puddle. And that's when I feel like I did, I did good. <laughs> You're always crisscrossing the country. And I, I noticed on your website, it says donate a tank of gas to the Bob Log tour. You have that yeah. link on your website. That must be tough yeah, that these used days. To be where the birthday songs were. So when I couldn't tour, I was doing birthday songs for people. And boy, that was a crazy year and a half of my life. I'll tell you right now, that was absolutely insane. I can't even believe how many people had me do a birthday song. Really? I mean, I'd have been homeless. You know, half of those people didn't do it. It was like something like 480 birthday songs I did where you would just send me a list of things that person liked and a list of things they didn't like. And I would make a guitar part and cram those words in whatever words out of the list I wanted to use. I ended up with some of the most gold songs I've ever made. I mean, Pork Death and Rocks, that song wrote itself. <laughs>
pancakes, corn, and bighorn sheep was more difficult than it sounds, but that's a fucking great song. Pickles the Spider, there was one, one person bought a birthday song for their pet spider. Some of these are the most fun guitar parts I've ever had anything to do with, and uh, and they were all just individual songs. I was making like three a day, losing my mind um, for, for a while, but once tour started, I had to turn that off. And then um, gas prices have gotten so crazy. I'm just like, well, if anyone wants to help, I'm just going to put donate a tank of gas. And you can choose whatever size tank of gas you want to donate. It must cut into your profit margin, which really sucks. Oh, it's it sucks. Um, hotels are worse. I mean, this is probably the most expensive tour I've ever done as far as like logistics costing things but you know i think everyone's being appreciative they're all buying my t-shirts and my fidget spinners and my homemade consuela lady coffee cups people are helping out in other ways too well that's a good thing it seems like i mean you have i I mean it's it's crazy you you you've toured in america you toured japan europe australia new zealand mexico taiwan and iceland i mean you're all iceland brazil i'll go anywhere man you know what there are so many one-man bands around the world. This is like, it's not a movement. I'm not saying that. I mean, even, God, it was like 15 years ago, I played a one-man band festival in Chicago that had 60 one-man bands in it over a six-day period. Wow. And everybody had a different take on it. You know, it wasn't all just one thing. There's so many different ways to be a one-man band. One guy, I'll never forget it as long as I live, he got up on stage and played banjo along with his Game Boy. <laughs> He just plugged his Game Boy. And he, this guy was so shy. You know, he just does it at home all the time. I was dumb. Like, you've got to come on tour with me. But he wouldn't. He's like, he's too afraid to tour. He just wants to stay home and play banjo along with his Game Boy. And he would switch the game out. And that was the other song, you know. It was fucking amazing. So there's a, a million ways to be a one-man band. And I really feel lucky to get to see and play with so many different ones, different ones of them. So you're, you're and they based... got him in Brazil, they got him in Japan, they got him even in Iceland, man. There's a one-man band there. You're based in Tucson? I live in Melbourne, Australia. I've oh. been there about 17 years. I saw, I um, saw I got a Tucson. a 15-year-old daughter. I'm from Tucson. I started doing this in Tucson. I still got my house in Tucson I go to every year. But uh, I moved to Australia about 17 years ago because wow. I was having a daughter. Yeah. I see. And so, yeah, they wouldn't let me leave for about two and a half years. That's the longest I've ever stayed in one place in my life. Was that during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was all pandemic-y. So, so that's you... why the birthday songs happened. How did you wind up in Australia? Well, I had a girlfriend and we had a baby. I mean, well, I mean, how did you wind up initially? I mean, how did you wind up going to Australia for, for oh, gigs? Oh, just playing I mean... music. I go everywhere to play with my guitar. That's that's how I get anywhere. I don't, I don't even remember the last time I traveled without a guitar. It doesn't happen. Do you, do you have a car in the States that you use that... Or do you rent a car? No, I have to. I have to rent a car when I come to the states. I don't have a full-time car here. I got a car in Australia that I don't trust at all. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you adjust from one side of the road to the other? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can drive in right or left. It's if there's no cars on the road, I got to think about it for a second. But I'm, I'm proficient driving right or left, either side of the road, either side steering wheel, the wrong steering wheel, and the wrong side of the road. I've taken England's cars to to Spain. That was a disaster. <laughs> Whenever you had to pay to park in a parking garage, you had to get out. But yeah, it's just nonstop. And I, I did learn a long, long time ago, even with Durag, don't tour in your own car. Because what's going to happen is the car's going to break. You're going to miss some shows. You're going to pay to fix the car. Eventually, you're just paying. The whole tour is going to be paying to fix the car. <laughs> So I rent a car, get to every single show, and pay for the damages when I return. It. Like, and they'll be like, "Unlimited miles." I'm like, "Great, there's twelve thousand of them for you." And they're like, "Holy shit!" 
And I keep thinking I'm going to get put on some list of like, you are not allowed to rent from Hertz anymore. So, like, <laughs> but that hasn't happened yet. But one of these days, one of these days. Do you just carry? Do you just carry the guitar and a duck, or do you bring the back line with you? What do you? Oh no, I got I got everything I need. I got the drum. I, this car is packed to the gills. They got a tiny car this time. I don't. Know. It was you couldn't rent a minivan on unlimited miles, so I had to make do. But no, I I got the car is packed to the gills of everything I need. I don't. Amps and everything in there too. I got my amp. I got my drum. I I could set up right now and play. Although it'd be better if there's a PA. It must be kind of a drag in a small car if you're driving a lot. No, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. My stuff's all tiny. You know, I'm just one dude with tiny stuff. But it is packed to the gills. But that's why I try to leave the duck inflated so I have someone to talk to. (laughs) And then you can use the carpool lanes. Yeah, that doesn't work out so good. And really, uh, there's some some states, and particularly right now, where you kind of really want it. You don't want to be driving through Georgia um, with an inflated duck in your front seat. You're going to get pulled over. They're going to want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, don't, I ain't got time for that shit. Uh, I get along real good with policemen, but I just don't have time for that shit. <laughs> so what kind of amp? What kind of amp do you use for your guitar? The amps I have been using for almost 15 years now it's a Vox Pathfinder 15 watt you call it a practice amp it's just one speaker tiny little amp that we're about 120 bucks I've got like 12 of them all over the world because I just love the sound of these things with my pickups it's not a what do you call those computer amps that has modelers this just has a gain knob volume knob treble and bass that's it oh it's got reverb and tremolo but i don't use those do you use any effects Um, at all or is it just straight guitar i don't have any guitar effects whatsoever i don't use pedals um i use them on other things like i have a whammy pedal because i got a hand clap and i want my hand clap to be deep so i pitch shift my hand clap a bit when that thing's working but i don't use guitar effects no i'm probably one of the only guitar players who doesn't (laughs) there's acoustic sound and the electric sound and you mix those together that's it's like it's i suppose it's an effect but it's just made naturally so it's that's a silver tone arch top what what's the year of that guitar well the black diamond so the black one with the cream diamond that's an airline i think they're from 1963 or so mm-hmm. i also have silver tones i i have a tiny silver tone bobcat i'm playing every night right now but also i got two airlines and uh the silver tone bobcat but i've also got the silver tone kentucky blue i've had the silver tone all black i, I just like arch tops and the silver tone pickups which i usually get out of other silver tone electric guitars and put them on my acoustics now you tour how many guitars do you tour with i tour with three guitars is all i can fit in this car so there's and they're different tunings so yeah in the car right now there's two airlines and the silver tone bobcat the airlines are the arch tops. Do you write on the road, or you just um, try to maintain your sanity while on the road? Right. You mean write songs? Yeah. Oh, sure, man. That can happen. Absolutely. And sometimes songs happen spontaneously. You know, like a, something will happen at soundcheck, and then it's a song by the time I play. <laughs> Do you play them before they're done? If it's a, if it's good enough, I mean, if I like the guitar part, the song's done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these aren't like, it's like, oh, I'm just waiting on a bridge. I don't know. That's not how I play guitar. It's fun guitar part, fun guitar part, to maybe one other fun guitar part. Some people don't even call them songs. He's like, that's just a guitar thing with drums on it. I'm like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
So how did you get to be such an international success, though? I mean, it's, it's you're kind of an underground act, but you're an international success. There's different sizes of venues out there, I suppose, is how you could look at it. And all I've ever done, I mean, starting in my on my first tour, I was talking about this last night because there was a guy at the show last night in Atlanta who was at my first show in Atlanta. So the first time I went through Atlanta playing by myself, there was five people there counting the other band. <laughs> And so I played my face off to those five people, came back six months later, and it's 120 people because everybody talked about it. That's the only how, only how I know how to do things. I go somewhere, I play my face off, and I go back. And then there's more people because everybody talked about it. And this was all before YouTube and all the things we got now. It's still, that's the only way I do it. I, I go somewhere and I play my face off and come back and then there's more people so and basically everywhere i've ever been i i'm a pretty easy band to book my booking agent todd he just gets to call people like hey you want bob back and they're like fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so then that's good and then somebody down the street might have been at that show and they booked me in their club so there's more shows i can play in a year but um i try to keep it where i tour for about a month a month and a half and then i gotta sit down and be quiet it's just if you tour too much this is the danger of this job if I did a three-month tour, what will happen is at the end of three months, I'll just be like, what the hell happened? I won't remember any of it. And if I'm going to go around and have this much fun, I want to remember at least half of it. <laughs> I've wanted to see you for a while. Last time you were in Providence, I um, I wanted to go, and I had my own show, so I couldn't go to it. I'm, I'm hoping to get to this show because I really would like to catch this live. I definitely want to experience you live. I've seen the videos, and I've, I've known about you for quite a long time. and been been waiting for a while to try to catch you, and it, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. And well, I'm right on, man. It's a treat for me to play Providence, too. I've only been there a handful of times. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great to come back and show you all what I've learned since the last time I was there. Well, anything else you wanna you wanna add in about the show and about any to encourage folks to come on out and see you and Oh, just come on out. Don't wear some shoes and pants if you don't care if they get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, let your hair down. We're gonna have a good time. All right. Well I'll let you get to your room. I know you're tired of sitting in your car and it's been a long day for i'm sure all right man well thanks so much john thank you all right i'll see you in providence all right take care
Okie dokie. Thanks to Bob Log III for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. He will be at Askew on May 26th. Prepare for a wild night. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Grace Ale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SC Microphones. Thanks for listening. Thank you.